Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show. July 6th, 2021. Takes O'Plenty. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson. With you here on the podcast. I heard my audio change. Was my mic not on for the first, like, six seconds of awesomeness? No, no, it was on. It just, I, I upped it. I upped the levels. But the, all the levels will be equaled out in post. Post-production? Yeah, but we'll still in do the it remix. live. Uh, we'll do it live! <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Podcast studio sponsor. Uh, it's also brought to you by Seth Goldcamp, Design Air Heating and Cooling, and James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. It's also brought to you by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. It's also brought to you by Jim Rogers of Restoration One of CentralStLouis.com. And it's brought to you by Munganess, St. Louis Acura.com, Alton Toyota.com, Jamie Burkhardt, and Clayton Patterson right there. Now here's what happened. This is this is this is the behind the scenes that really no one cares about, but I act like it's a big deal by talking about it. We were in the midst of recording. And then I got distracted by text messages. It turns out, Jackson, you too, but mm-hmm. you were able to cover it up better than I was, <laughs> got distracted by text messages. Yep. And I said, ah, I got to go tend to something. Let's just do it tomorrow, i.e. July 7th, 2021. And then I tended to it. And then I texted. I said, hey, you still at the studio? You said, no, but I can turn around. How far away from the studio were you when I tested you? Just right down Manchester. Oh, really? So you yeah. weren't like back? No, no, no. But even, I mean, even if I was back home, it wouldn't take me too long. Brent would have to no good. Probably, eight minutes. Uh, oh, eight minutes, really? Eight minutes to get here every morning. So I felt badly about that, but I thought it's better to do it now. Plus, now that I've cleared out. But the thing is, even if my iMessage, I'm sure you can turn off iMessage. On your computer? Yeah. Yeah. That's you, how they could sneak through. I've yeah. got my phone. I turned it off, but I'll flip it over just on the off chance. Something. I didn't turn it off. Um, so yeah, we're loaded for bear and my mind is clear. I think I'll perform at a higher level now. You see, I'm coming back with an ice pack on my foot. You like that? Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, oh, it's just bad. Playing on the DL now. It's bad. I don't even know what the hell this one, I think it was caused by carrying a suitcase down the steps and like my arm losing, losing it and it flipped. Oh yeah. Wrist, wrist and I don't forearm. Know, forearm yeah. I think, yeah, who knows? I don't know. I, I think I have, I, I truly think I have tears in both my arms. I just don't know where, well, the one over here is a slap yeah. tear shoulder labrum. I don't know what's going on over here, but now it's just a mess. So, uh, anyway, yeah, I'm iced up, but I'm back. I'm not going to look at my text messages. I say, but I guess they could get through. If I turn off iMessage, then I can totally block it out. Now, will you be able to, cause your phone is still flipped over. Yeah, but and I want to give the people a wonderful podcast. That's what I want to give them. My and I know, over over but again. you are actually, you kind of are on call. I'm not necessarily on call. Yeah, but I mean, things can wait. Things right. can always wait. I'm right. always, I'm always available, but sometimes, you Some, know, sometimes I'm, I'm doing something, but I'm always available. Prioritizing uh, the magic that is. QFTA. So um, you are always welcome. I got a bunch of stuff. I just want to say a bunch of stuff. And uh, of course, Action Jackson, uh, you fire away to any of the random things that I have to say. For You're sure. always welcome to send in your questions, comments, opinions, erotic stories, deep dives, anything that's on your mind. I mean, this is a really, I don't know how to answer. What's the podcast about? I don't know. I don't have an answer. I don't really have an answer. Um, but it's essentially what the people want to talk about. And then somehow it will lead my brain down a rabbit hole and we'll talk about something entirely different. That's essentially the podcast, but you really can't put that in the description. Uh, but T McKernan at InsideSTL.com. And uh, if you want anonymity, uh, make sure you let us know that and we will not read your name. 
Um, what else do I have on my mind? Okay, I want to talk about Sound Story because we're doing those again in studio. Mm-hmm. I got a couple things on Sound Story. I'm at my best, I think, when I'm just like talking and going, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to talk. Yeah. Part of my reason for not being, well, the main reason, actually, for pulling um, the reins in on Sound Story, oh, God, basically for all of 2020 is the obvious, the pandemic. The other issue with Sound Story is at least for what at the start of the business was the targeted demographic, it would be really awkward to market it as, as, Hey, we know that a lot of people are passing away, especially older people better get them in and do an interview. Yeah. That wouldn't have been uh, a real good read on the room. No. So we basically just pulled it away. And also, um, even though people would contact me or buy them at mysoundstory.com, uh, most of the people would want them in person and we weren't in a position to do them in person because the KFNS studios were not open. So that has changed. We are now able to do them in person. If you are interested in buying them, you can go to mysoundstory.com or you can just email me directly, tmckernan at insidestl.com. Jackson, you have now experienced one mm-hmm. in person and you know that uh, there is a difference. No doubt. And so uh, we are now doing that in person. Uh, Tima Kernan at InsideSTL.com. Here's another thing. I don't think I've talked about this before, but I'm just in the mood to just kind of just say, okay, here's some things that are going on. All while then, after we get done, inevitably saying to Jackson, did I say too much? No. <laughs> because that is, that's becoming a, a, a tradition of sorts when I kind of go into, I'm just going to talk. Um, I want to expand sound story. I, expand isn't even fair because it's really kind of in, it's still in its infancy stages. But what I have learned about myself when it comes to... Um, I just, I need, I need to delegate and I need somebody to essentially operate it. But I think there are rooms that we want to do so much more right now. I think when people hear sound story, if they're even familiar with it, it's interviewing older parents or grandparents, or it's siblings getting together and talking about their parents or grandparents, which is great. And I love doing it. That's what most of them have been. Yeah. But, um, we have, uh, and ideas to expand it well beyond just that scope. But I know knowing what I am going to be doing here, um, that I am not going to be able to have the time to do that. And so I want to be able to hire somebody essentially to run it. Mm -hmm. And so I've done this before. It's led to wonderful hires such as yourself, truly one of the greatest hires since we started this thing. And I don't just say that I would say that if I were just, if you weren't here, um, but I think a lot of people already can see that. And I get a lot of people saying, man, Jackson's just a great, I, I, it's weird. Cause it's not like I bring you up <laughs> and I'll go, yeah, I'm glad that you can tell. Yeah, um, so I like to, when I have opportunities, it, there's, there's nothing really to it outside of if you listen to the show, then you have a better idea of, of what we're trying to do and get it mm-hmm. for, you know, for lack of a better term. And, um, and I think we have some incredible people in the radio show audience and in the podcast audience. And I would rather present the opportunities to them than as opposed to like post it on a job site or, you know, higher recruiting. So anyway, if you're interested, uh, T McKernan at InsideSTL.com for real. And I, I realize that might lead to a, you know, a bunch of emails and that's fine. Cause that's Jackson. You, I mean, I'm telling you when you applied for the job, gangster mm-hmm. Pete's job, yeah. You, I mean, we posted the podcast for real, like at 1250, I think. And I think you had emailed me at 115. Yeah. It was, it was nuts. Yeah. Well, I don't know how the fuck that's even possible. At the time, I wasn't very busy being an an unemployed recent graduate of the University of Missouri, but my buddy, uh, Private Citizen Pete, 
Private Citizen Pete. Yeah, he's a listener to this podcast, a loyal listener to this podcast, clearly, because he's the one who texted me. Yeah. Gangster Pete's out. You should apply. And I was like, well, I don't know how to produce a radio show. Is, I mean, and, and, and I still don't think you necessarily do. Nope. But you're not to produce this radio yes, show. Yes, I can produce the morning after. You know, if we were to go to, you know, take your pick of wherever, uh-huh. different different situations. Although, I, certainly, I, there's not a doubt in my mind, you could do it. But yeah. this is just, you know, it's we're going to bullshit. You're, yeah. Really, the, the thing that you need to be able to do is take shit. Yeah. And I think I've done so far. So People good. are worried that you're going to have a plowhawk heel turn. I saw there were another few texts in the middle. Yeah. You told somebody to piss off today. I can't even remember what it was about. Oh, yeah. Nathan from East Side Alt, maybe. Classic. Yeah. Uh, I I don't really get too banty too often. Um, so I don't really care. Uh, Every once in a while. Is this a Bryson? I don't really care. Or do you really not care? I don't know. I mean, if you're going to. I don't like, think you do. I, if people like. If things really bothered me, I would say every time I'm called virgin that I'm not a virgin, but that would only fuel the fire to think that I am a virgin. Cause I, so I don't care at all if people think that. What age do you lose your virginity, boy? Go. 18. Really? 18. 17 for him. Yeah, boy. Uh, nice. It was after I, after I graduated high school, before I went to college. Yeah. But um, it doesn't, that doesn't bother me. Not, not much does bother me. Um, and Nathan from the east side of Alden occasionally has a great text hidden behind mostly terrible texts. I would love to actually meet these guys. Oh, for sure. It's a couple of them I would love to. Not because I'm trying to scrap, as you can attest to. I'm not going to win many scraps, but uh, it'd just be funny to see how they'd react to seeing me in person. So I think it's a love. I think yeah. it's almost like a rote. Like the ang- There's a difference between those ones on your Mount Rushmore for sure. and the ones that we go, ooh. <laughs> There's something off there. We got to keep an eye on that 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 one. No doubt, because I wouldn't read those. No. Um, no so, doubt. So there. So I put this out there. I've had success with it. Really, I. I mean, I think across the board. Um. So I. I like to go here. I. And in the honest, the, the the also straightforward element is I don't know um, how big of a scope it will take on right out of the gate. Um, but this is something that. I don't know if I want to say I'm going all in on, um, but God, anytime I talk to, I saw this, this ice pack, you see Jackson, nobody else mm-hmm. can see it. That's on my forearm. Yeah. I thought it was from this injury. I, I got about a month ago and I went and saw the gentleman who would the surgeon and I go, am I having this because of the shoulder? And he goes, they're probably completely unrelated. Yeah. And God bless him. Great guy. Likes to ask questions about, um, not necessarily the show specifics. I don't think he's a listener, but, um, our business and he knows, you know, some of the stuff that's kind of up in the air, um, you know, publicly anyway. And, uh, and he was just asking some questions and passing and talking about that. And I said, yeah. And then this other thing that I have that was like an accidental business actually wandered into it on the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, And I told him about sound story and he was in, I wound up sitting there. I'm like, he's, he's in his scrubs from performing surgery, not on me, but somebody else. Yeah. And we sat there and talked about it. He obviously had the time for like another 20 minutes. And he just was just, oh my God, it's the greatest. He goes, that's the greatest thing ever. He goes, okay, I'm going to give you my number. I want to set one up and do this with my sister and do it for my father. Yeah. Um, And so, I I mean, I recognize we have something. I recognize, I mean, sure, anybody could theoretically interview anybody, but I think there is a, I don't even want to call it a skill. I think, I think that it's just, I'm naturally curious. Yeah. If you were to tell me a story I wouldn't glaze over. I'd be, I'd ask a follow-up question, uh-huh. which is essentially what sound story is. Um, cause he goes, okay, like, what would you have to like, how would you like prepare my father for that? I go, 
I go, honestly, and you, I guess you've seen it now, people come in, they may be a little nervous initially because they're in a studio, even though it's not, you know, like we're at the Today Show set. No. And, uh, and they go, how are we going to talk for an hour? And I go, just trust me, we will. And we'll yeah. probably talk for longer than that because it's just going to be a conversation. And it's going to be a conversation entirely about them. But I am naturally curious. But I think it's something that we can expand well bebeyond that. And I know that I, it, it, at the very least, doing one, two shows, however many shows, um, I am, I'm not going to possibly be able to operate sound story and grow it. Like, you know, people think that we can investors and, um, people are now aware of the idea. So I need to hire people. So, or at the very least one person. So, uh, to kind of be the, you know, I don't know what the right term would be GM, I suppose, CEO, whatever you want to call it. So anyway, uh, this is an opportunity. This isn't an opportunity, you know, that's, it's, it's an opportunity. So if it intrigues you, email me. And I've had such great success with this Jackson being a prime example, but, uh, gangster Pete from the same, uh, you know, style. Uh, I think Seymour, I think was the same kind of thing. Producer Joe was hired by the guys in Atlanta. That's right. When we were starting the morning grind, I feel like I'm missing some other ones, um, over the years. But anyway, I like doing it. This salespeople, mm -hmm. um, Mark Taylor, who was working with us. Yeah. He's awesome. Um, when we um, when we were planning on buying the radio station this time last year, uh, that uh, you know, um, just a great, I mean, just incredible guy. Sure. Uh, can't say enough about him. So we've had some success with it, and I like it because I think we just have some really talented people in the audience, and I would rather work with people who are familiar with what it is that we do and how, how we operate as opposed to just, like I said, posted on some job site. So anyway, the team McKernan inside STL, that kind of, what else do I have on my mind, Jackson? What else is going on? You got anything on your mind? Not much. Any tribbing this weekend, 4th of July weekend? No tribbing. It was just relaxing. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for a nice, relaxing break from the crappy weather. You fired a four over, uh, <laughs> two birdies, three bogeys. Yeah, had some big numbers on the card, unfortunately, on Saturday, which knocked me from my goal of breaking 80 this summer, but we'll get there. Um, but it was just really nice and relaxing. Got to go to a lake, which I had said last week in QFTA, not Lake of the Ozarks, but I was able to go on a quieter, relaxing lake, which was right what I wanted. And uh, took our our wonderful day off yesterday to do some housekeeping, some cleaning. So I really, I couldn't have asked for a much better weekend. And, and like I said, until Uber prices go down, going now it's going to be difficult. So that's a real thing. I, I, I Yeah, it's I can't. I, I can't, and even if I go with my roommates, we're splitting an Uber at 120 bucks. Is that really what it is? It's, a, it's, it's always over 80 bucks, at least over 80 bucks, anytime past 1130. And if you're going, but I'm, I'm going to Brentwood. It's right off the highway. Like I'm not, I'm not going And they just far. have a shortage of drivers? Is that shortage essentially Shortage of drivers, I think is the biggest thing. Supply and demand because now people are going out. Yeah. And, uh, so there's obviously a much higher demand for Ubers, but the supply hasn't caught up. So until that balances out, I mean, I'll pay 30, I'll pay 40 maybe. But once you're getting over $60, I mean, if you're spending more on your transportation to and from the bar than you are on drinks or cover, then you're just in a bad, bad shape, real bad shape. Well, that's brutal. Yeah, I didn't realize it, it was that bad. I just it knew sucks. that it was tough because I was having my Uber Eats uh, situation. Yeah, it's uh, and I think we're in this like weird little like uh, area of the pandemic where things are starting to obviously open back up more, but 
still a need for employees. Some services haven't caught up yet. So we're kind of in this purgatory that will probably be in for the rest of the summer until things uh, normalize even more. Um, and, uh, along those lines, I was, uh, we talked about this a little bit on TMA this morning. Mm. Um, and I don't, do you, do you ever use the delivery services? There's some people who are really passionate about not using the delivery services and we'll get angry. Uh, do you ever <laughs> yeah. see the angry oh, yeah. text about I that? Yeah, okay. Just drive. Uh, <laughs> well, no, not that. Well, there's always going to be that. Yeah. that. That's kind of in the, that'll fall under the people who are the, the <laughs> yeah. you know, but, uh, but that they don't like the services because they're not, in their opinions, good for restaurants. Yeah, okay, I hear that. Saying, I'm not yeah. talking about guys who, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. have a money situation. I like that. I like, I, I, some about me liking, I like to just go out and drive. So, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. We have, we have a major, I hate driving. Yeah, I love, I love driving. Like I mean, a, getting on Manchester Road. That's a different story. <laughs> Manchester sucks. God <laughs> almighty. Manchester sucks. But if I have like, like the drive to Columbia was my fate. I love, I would look forward to listening to a podcast. So you had that. I didn't have that. Yeah. See, that's, I'm a, list. I'm flipping around radio stations yeah. or maybe listening to a CD player, like yeah. a CD. Yeah. Jeez. You know I mean? That's what we're talking. That's our, that's our gap. Yeah. But yeah. Th- so I wouldn't, I'm, I'm good with driving. If I had to, I did to South Florida plenty of times. I was thinking about driving to Hilton and I think we're not going to do that. Uh-huh. Um, because of that, I would listen to podcasts, interviews, long-form interviews, books. Yeah. And it's just peaceful. And I love it. So peaceful. Oh, it's the, that, that's the greatest. But if Anna Marie said, hey, I need something at the grocery store, and I know I'm going to have to get out on Manchester Road, I would rather drive to Hilton Head or yeah. South Florida. <laughs> it's brutal. I hear you on I don't the Manchester think, thing. I don't know if people, you know, like if I'm driving from, you know, where we resided in... Florida to, you know, Jupiter, the lighthouse area, um, which is probably, you know, 15, 20 minutes. I would rather make that drive than drive like 10 minutes to pick up food. West County mall, you know, from here. Yeah. Cause it just, it's like a tense drive. Yes. I'm driving on the Florida turnpike. It's just a turnpike street. You're just, you know, you might have, you know, I 95, the further South in Florida, you get bat shittery with Miami, but, um, the turnpike and up a little north, it's just a relaxing drive. So I'm like, why does it feel like, why am I not as anti-driving when I'm here? As a, and I don't know. And it's not, it's not like I'm like out in, you know, areas where you got the pickup trucks on you and the guys, you know, want to kill you if you're not going 90. Yeah. Not, not, it's just in general, it's just a, a Manchester road drive is a tense, unrelaxing drive. No I doubt. Think, so, I think, so maybe I'm not anti-driving, I'm anti that kind of drive. A hundred percent. I hear what you're saying, Manchester. Right. Cause like when I get up and drive here at five, it's five 30 in the morning. hundred percent. Totally different than when I leave here after the radio show where it's stop, stop. There might yes. be road work, which yeah. is always, people don't know how to use their turn signals. There's a thousand restaurants or roads on Manchester that people get off on. So you're constantly watching out for people turning. That's a, yeah, I hear you on that, but just like if I were to drive 15 minutes to go pick up food, cool with that. If there's some highway involved, if I'm going straight down Manchester, I'd... It is brutal with, with regards to using the delivery services. I see what I'm ordering. Uh-huh. And then I see what I'm spending. Yeah. And I go, what am I doing here? Yeah. You know, what am I doing? I mean, this is really stupid. Yeah. But if you're in a spot where, you know, like if I'm watching my son or, you know, and I 
can't get out or if I am going to get out, I'm going to put him in the car. You know, and he, when he, he never has napped. I'm talking about infant to present day. He's a couple months short of being four years old. Uh, but he will fall asleep around in between three and five o'clock and six o'clock even in the car. Uh-huh. And once he wakes up, I mean, he is the bantiest of roosters <laughs> and I you don't it. want to bring that in. Yeah. And then, you know, then it's going to delay him going to bed even later. So that's the reason, but my God, you bring up using a delivery service on the radio and for whatever reason, yeah. I mean, it is, you might as well give up your, give out your take on January 6th. I mean, yeah. it, they will, they, they come at and it's, all, it's something else. I mean, yeah. it's really um, for some people, a, a source of anger or just like, you know, you're, you're lazy if you want to eat. Well, there are, there are other factors coming into play, no but whatever it's it, the premise being I used Uber Eats on someday over the weekend, made an order, relatively inexpensive order, wound up being absurd. Was, I think I made the order around five o'clock. They said it'll be there by five 45. I've been expedited to get it there sooner. Yeah. Um, but the whole time it said the latest your food will be there at 6.15, then at like 6.20 or 6.25, after three different drivers had it and canceled, Uber Eats sends me a notification saying your order is canceled. That's crazy. So I, it's not, an, it's the, the, this isn't like, let me take my shot at Uber Eats. And it could, you know, it's yeah, whatever. I, I don't think they're I sweating. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to do that. I don't like uh, using the bully pulpit, so to speak, uh-huh. um, naming companies or, you know, whatever. But when, when I brought this story up outside of the angry people for using delivery services, people are saying this is a real issue with both Uber as you're telling the story of and Uber eats right now for hiring purposes. That's mm-hmm. the issue. That's the situation. No so, doubt. um, so yeah, that, that was, that was, that was, that was my weekend uh, ordering food and not getting it. <laughs> of course, some golf in there. Um, and something that we had a request also in the text inbox to talk about is the Maria Taylor, Rachel Nichols thing. So on that, I'm going to, I'm, Here's where I am. Here's my attempting to handle what can be or could be or is a delicate situation as directly as possible. My honest response to the story, and if you haven't read the story, I recommend reading the New York Times story. Um, and then also the New York Post. The New York Times story was Sunday, right, Jackson? I think it was Sunday. Yep. And the New York Post story on Maria Taylor and ESPN's contract negotiations and her ask of $7 million, a.k.a. Stephen A. Smith money, I think came out on Wednesday or Thursday night. Yeah, One I of the two, because I know July we talked 1st. about it on the show. Yeah, I think it was July 1st. Okay, so so here, here I don't really, I don't I don't have a, I, I had a, ma- I've had some master's theses on the show recently. I don't really have one here outside of, I just want to make like a bullet point list of observations. Um... And, and they're in no particular order. I'll start with this one. Maria Taylor is one of the few people I have seen in broadcasting or heard in broadcasting when I immediately saw her, heard her, watched her conduct interviews, watched her host where I thought, superstar. I don't usually think that because I think for the most part, what most of us do is is not that unique. Uh-huh. Um, so, so somebody being in a different realm, you know, sometimes, boy, that person's really good. And really what I think that usually means is the person's not necessarily good so much as that person who just sent me that or said that in a conversation likes that person's sense of humor humor, or relates to that person, might be politically, uh, might be demographically. And as opposed to saying, I really like this person, the, and I'm not saying this is wrong, they say this person is really good. 
or if the person doesn't match up sense of humor wise, observation wise, demographically, they will say this person is bad. Mm -hmm. When in reality, it's I don't like this person. I don't relate. I don't vibe with this person. So I think that is that's because we don't really have statistics in broadcasting. Uh, we have a handful. I always go to this statistic, mobilizing an audience and delivering a return on investment for advertisers. Otherwise, we are all replaceable. I will, I, and I don't know when I'm going to think otherwise. I have thought that since I saw Howard Stern say that in like 1997 um, to a bunch of TV reporters, look at you, you all think you're stars because people recognize you, but in reality, you're all replaceable because you have zero impact on your parent company's bottom line. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I wish somebody at the journalism school would have said that. <laughs> yeah. Because it is, it in, and, and now 24 years removed, I haven't had an experience otherwise, both on the short end of the stick and whatever, I guess you would have to say the long end of the stick. I've seen it both. So, so a sideline reporter, as talented as Maria Taylor is, or if you want to use Aaron Andrews, who else? Who, Mount Rushmore of national sideline reporters in the history of the game. Aaron Andrews. Doris Burke. Uh, Doris Burke. That's a nice play. Doris Burke, definitely. Craig Sager. Yeah, nice play. And then, uh, I don't know. What was the guy that messed up on Monday Night Football? <laughs> I don't know, but I <laughs> Sergio like Sergio Dip. I like, the, I like you putting him on there. Yeah. Premise being, you're very rarely going to have leverage in the sideline reporter game because people aren't watching for the sideline reporter. Rarely are you even in the play-by-play -play game. Mm -hmm. um, Tony Romo has it because he does something different and is outstanding at it. If Mickelson gets into the golf game, yeah. he could. Yep. The gentlemen who don't necessarily need it, at least in the case of Barkley and Shaq, on the TNT show, they have leverage. Oh, yeah. Big time. So... That's that. That's I, I think the Fox NFL Sunday crew in the I don't know of any more. Cause it's kind of you know at this point it's probably been almost thirty years. Um, but when it started up, I always say Terry Bradshaw was the star, uh, the straw that stirred the drink on that show. Even though certainly probably not the one people think of the most. I just think his personality and and then creating an atmosphere where people could take shit and give shit. No doubt created a chemistry for that group that made people want to watch it. Then you watched. CBS tried to duplicate it and still does and, and comes up well short. So premise being as great as Maria Taylor is as a broadcaster, she's welcome to her and her agents welcome to ask for seven or $8 million. God bless. I can tell you this. If I were on the other side of the desk, I would just like, Oh no, I mean, it's not, and we're not even really going to counter that because it's just, you know, it, it's nothing against Maria individually, but as a sideline reporter, it, 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 that that's not going to impact our bottom line. People are going to watch the NBA game or not watch the NBA game based on who's playing in the NBA game, not who the sideline reporter is. That's that's my premise. And I would also say that for the most part with play-by-play, -play, although there would be some exceptions, and for the most part with color commentators, although there would be some exceptions, I, I listed Romo as one. Um, but a Howard Stern for example, mm -hmm. can kind of call his shot. Why? Mobilizes audience, delivers a return on investment for, in this case, Sirius, but back in the day, sponsors with Sirius subscribers. So that's, 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 that's my landscape on that. Secondarily, someone leaked the story about Maria Taylor's contract demands to the New York Post. Mm -hmm. Someone also leaked the story about Rachel Nichols and the tape to the New York Times. Mm-hmm. All in. Let me parlay that. It, it's a lock. And it all surrounds Maria Taylor's contract negotiations, which got public. Um, 
Now, I would say, in the court of public opinion, ESPN would have an awfully difficult time parting ways with Maria Taylor. So the New York Times story has not only um, got people talking about the situation at ESPN, but I would imagine the byproduct that Maria Taylor and her people are much more happy about is that she is now in position A, as we would say, in a negotiation. I have no idea how she doesn't wind up uh, winning that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not saying that that was all Machiavellian and planned out. I'm just saying this is is the landscape of, of that situation. Uh, another thought on it. Again, these are bullet points not really coming to any form of a conclusion, but we had requests to talk about it. And uh, I want to deliver on the request. Got a bunch of them in the text inbox when people realized I wasn't going to go down this road on TMA. Um, Rachel Nichols is in the crosshairs for saying things that she thought were in a private conversation. Yeah. And so this takes, this isn't, now Now we're not about Rachel Nichols, we're not about Maria Taylor, we're not about ESPN, we're just talking about that mm-hmm. in general. And man, now, it's important to note, even though I know I've requested that those of you listening to this, if you aren't familiar with the story, read the New York Times background story on this that became, you know, this wildfire over the three-day weekend. Um the reason why the tape got out is because Rachel Nichols didn't have her camera turned off from her hotel room during the NBA's bubble in Orlando. And it went back to a server and, uh, and a producer, I believe saw it and then Mm -hmm. shared it with Maria Taylor. And then everybody became familiar with ESPN and now everybody around the country is familiar with it. So it's not like somebody hacked in to Rachel Nichols. She did do this. So that is, that is an important discrepancy, um, in the story. But man, you know, private conversations and then people being penalized for private conversations. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't so. like that as a precedent. The issue is I'm sure there are a few people could, listening to this right now. Go, well, yeah, but this was a private conversation. Or what about if you guys think you're in a commercial break and your mic's on and somebody says the word fuck, you're going to be penalized for that. And you're right. That is right. Yeah. We are taught. I mean, from day, it truly is a day one lesson be cognizant of when you're around microphones, yeah, you but now it. it's, now it's anything. Yeah. Um, cause you can get recorded and even if you're not knowing you're getting recorded and yeah. then get penalized for it. And I really don't, it, it just, it, it has me moving in my mind, moving closer and closer to like living in a cabin in the woods somewhere, <laughs> you yeah. know, that just kind of like, you can't, no one is safe. No. And I'm not talking about, Oh, shit, if they get me, they're going to get me saying bigoted stuff. That's not it. Um, I'm just talking about, you can take somebody's conversation. I mean, the shit that we have said in commercial breaks on TMA and the shit that we said in the sports office in KMOV, I think we'd all be locked up. (laughs) I mean, insanity, not bigoted shit, but just like dumb, giving each other shit. Yeah. Like the shit that you would probably hear like you know, on like a, a blues flight with each other, you know, just like yeah. fucking with each other. That's, that's the thing. But if you like r- wrote a transcript of it, yeah, it would look really bad. Oh my bad. God. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to say. I just, I don't, but I don't, I don't really come away with a conclusion on the thing. I don't, that's the thing. So it's like people wanted us to talk about it. I've gotten so much, I don't say, I don't like the, I've gotten so much positive. I don't like that. I want to strike that even though I know we're not going to strike it, but I don't like saying that. 
the podcast when we talked about Ellie Kemper and the Veiled Prophet, yeah. I received a lot of positive feedback on that, which I don't like to say, but I'm using it in, in this discussion because I really did have a passionate opinion on that, passionate mm-hmm. opinion on it, passionate opinion on it. On this one, I see a, so many different sides of it. And then on top of it, I think there's so much more going on that hasn't been reported mm-hmm. and probably won't be reported that I don't even really know how to come away from a conclusion outside of looking at it and going, Oh God, this is, this is a disaster. Yeah. And I don't even know how you, I don't know. I, I don't know. Throwing things out. I have no idea how Rachel Nichols goes to an NBA game and gets interviews like she did before this tape. Yeah. Um, right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea how Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols can coexist. Mm-hmm. Um, right or wrong. Uh, the co-host like they had when Rachel Nichols gave her apology yesterday, uh, where they had Richard Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins in there with her brutal spot for those guys. Yep. Um, I don't know how they can handle that. The show itself, we're not talking about TNT show, which as I earlier said, and you certainly agree with, um, is must see television. Even if you're not watching the NBA game, for sure. ESPN's is not. No. So they already have a situation. Jalen Rose is a banny little rooster as it is. Yeah. And what is his daughter? His get, daughter, get going with something daughter now? was mad at Rachel Nichols. How old is his daughter? Oh, she's teenage to maybe 18 years old or so. I think she's right around there. Um, they had Jay Williams, who was in the news the last week or two with his Boston head coach tweet. He claims he was hacked on. Yep. They're uh, they're experiencing. Uh, it's a roller coaster over right. there, right? And now, on top of it, the reality is: Thunder. is there anybody where you're going? Oh my God, we can't afford That's to. What I'm saying it's like, but Maria, but Maria Taylor does have leverage from my standpoint. Like if if and Andrew Marchand in the story in the New York Post talked about her aspirations to, or there are people around her talking about she has aspirations to be the next Robin Roberts. Good Morning America, and Robin Roberts being a great sports journalist, former Sports Center anchor, uh, and now just journalist in general. And Maria Taylor there could have all the leverage in the world. Sideline reporter, probably not. Mm -hmm. So this isn't a case of me not feeling like she has value. She has value, just not in that role. Or if she did become the Ernie Johnson of ESPN's recreation of the TNT show. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that is necessarily her personality. Ernie Johnson is the perfect foil for yeah, the, he, he plays the best straight man on. Oh, it's great on TV, right? So that's not what that show is, and that's just a tough spot. That's a bad God, and it's like you and I were talking about. You know, you have the Bucks and the Suns. It's like God. I wish TNT could just like when they go to <laughs> halftime, just break into their programming, yeah. and you know, because I'd watch it. And a heart, everybody would flip it out. Everybody, but a lot of people would flip yeah. over. If to they watch just that. did their own independent yes. halftime show. Oh my God, it'd be the best. Yeah, or they amazing. just got together on Zoom, sure. you know, and then did it themselves and sure. like sold a huge sponsorship. Not that they're looking, not Barney no. and Shaq are looking for money, but no, I think they're, I think they're ready yeah, to go on vacation. They're fine, yeah, <laughs> yeah, indeed. So I hate it because I know people wanted a big take, and maybe they wanted like, but I can't. And and hopefully that that tells you when I am fired about up about something, yeah. And I am opining. I really truly feel that way. That's the tough thing of like if you're writing columns or blogs or your guy who goes on Twitter immediately with a take about anything, you feel like you have to be a take smith and give a take. And also sometimes you just don't know. And in this one, I don't know. Yeah. 
I, I don't know if the New York Times story was a coordinated response to the New York Post story or if the New York Post story was ESPN getting out ahead of the New York Times story. But I'm telling you this, it's not a coincidence. That I will move all in on. I'm telling you this has to do with Maria Taylor's contract negotiations at the absolute centerpiece of it. Yeah, because then why would that video of Rachel Nick right. that it, audio? Yeah, because it's been out for what, it's been, it took place, what, eight, nine, ten months ago at this point? Oh, it took a year ago, July. It was July, okay. July so, of 2020. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, in, in, you know, and then there are little tells on things, but I kind of don't want to give away the tells. Yeah. Uh, um, as far as, you know, sourcing. But, um, you know, the New York Times obtained an email Maria Taylor sent to ESPN management complaining about this. And then I'm like, okay, well, how'd they get that? You know, for sure. Too tough to figure out. But with all that said, um, I wish I could give those of you who are waiting QFTA for a Maria Taylor, Rachel Nichols takeaway. I, my honest answer is I don't, I, I don't have a master's thesis on this. Yeah. It's a, it's a brutal situation with so many different levels to it. Um, I hate the idea of a private conversation becoming public, not because I'm like, Oh shit, all of us are racist and now we will all be exposed. Uh-huh. Um, but obviously people handle private conversations differently. I mean, is that like that, that goes on at any place of employment is, is Twitter just there to like try to take down people in the public eye. I feel like that's kind of like it's service right now. I don't know. I, I, I by honestly, people who are hiding behind fake accounts. Yeah. I mean that, that cause I'm really for the most part off of it. Yeah. Like I, it's the point where it's like, I might just delete my account. Yeah. It's getting, I'm getting I mean, I don't do anything on it. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about purging to where I only follow Woj for my updates on who's in and who's out. Chris Long for podcast updates and uh, just maybe a handful of St. Louisans that mm-hmm. I find interesting Twitter wise. Like other than that, I see no point in follow and, and what if someone's going to tweet, what's the upside? That's what I've been saying for, like, I don't know how many, I remember the, and this goes back to 2012. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't, want, I don't want to say what I was about to say because it'll, it'll sound really wrong, but I haven't necessarily been on board with all of Bob Costas' stances, although I respect him a great deal. Mm-hmm. And um, But he, when Joe Buck and I did a show for a week, and it was just guest after guest after guest, and I don't know if it's because you know John Hamm and Wayne Gretzky and Troy Aikman and Paul Rudd wanted to come on with me or if they wanted to come on with Joe. I'm not sure. 50-50. I, I think it's 50-50. Exactly right. I think Rudd wanted to come on with me and maybe Gretzky with Joe. Yeah. But either way, the guest list was ridiculous. And then we had Costas. So you have Costas and Joe Buck talking, and then you have me there too. <laughs> so like, I just wanted to get up and excuse myself. Like, yeah. let me let you guys handle this. Yeah. Um, but uh, one, I remember Joe asking Bob about Twitter and Bob's response is, what do I get out of that? What's the upside? I can destroy my career yep. from my phone. And, and I'm just like, and I couldn't agree more with it. And yeah. that's essentially what it is. It's like, you know, and that's all because the, the playing field isn't the playing field isn't even. Yeah. You're not conversing with other people. You're, you're conversing in a public arena. So in other words, if two people are disagreeing on Twitter, do you think that the tone of the conversation will be different if they're having a what they think is private phone conversation or if they're meeting face to face or if what they're doing is putting on a show hoping to, quote, win the argument on Twitter? Get your likes uh, the answer is obvious. Yeah. So it's not, it's not real, but it can really fuck you up. Mm-hmm. 
And so no doubt that's where I'm coming from on it. And also just for me, this is me personally. It doesn't put me in a good state of mind when I see it. Um, no, there's so, nothing good that ever comes out. Right. You know, so it's like Rachel Nichols apologized. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. She's going to get shit on. You don't, you never win the, you never win the apology. You no. cannot win the but apology. But you have to do it. But you have to do it. Yep. You can't win. It's yeah. just, I hate it. And I have found, because I thought I had this conversation on the golf course yesterday, as a matter of fact, I have no idea how it came up. But um, I said, so, I mean, you know, whereas I was, I guess, on January 5th, I didn't predict to the intensity of the, um, whatever the proper term for it is. I feel like if you call it one thing or, oh, yeah. but the whole thing. I will call it the insurgency yeah. on January 6th. And I did, who was it? Was it, you were on that QFTA? Yeah, you, you mean Pete. You mean Okay, Pete. that's who it was. And I said, I'm really concerned about violence tomorrow, but never thinking it'd be that. No. But then the next night, 24 hours later, I'm like, as awful as that was, I'm like, that's it. That's what needed to happen in the Senate. Not that it needed to happen, but now it's like, okay, this is fucking out of control. It's gotten out. And now, and, and, and I, and so I actually had like a positive spin on it. Yeah. As positive as it can be. And here we are. And what we are shit, man, we're, we're exactly six months from it. Today's July 6th. Oh yeah. How about sure. that? How do you do? Wow. Um, and I was wrong as fuck. Mm -hmm. That was, I mean, it's actually like litigated as to whether, and I mean, it's just like, holy shit. Um, I, so I have kind of withdrawn even from, from those discussions. I used to look forward to watching, uh, various political shows or reading the New York times, Washington post, wall street journal. Um, and I've just kind of withdrawn and I suppose one could make the case. And I think making the case would be a fair case to make, by the way, that that makes me less informed, um, on these kinds of discussions. And that, that may be the case, even though I get, I don't know that talking about that stuff is necessarily uh, this, this show or TMA's, you know, that's what we discuss, but it's made me happier in the sense that this was talking, I talked about this with my wife over the weekend. I don't know how we got on this one either, but so much of happiness is actually not gaining things, but subtracting things that are negatives in your life. And you don't realize it until you don't have them. And then you go, shit, I'm happier. And it wasn't necessarily a coordinated plan. Mm -hmm. But now having done that in a, in a variety of different ways over the course of year, again, not not expecting it, not having certain things in your life, you go, wow, addition by subtraction is a real thing. No doubt. And so addition by subtraction when it comes to that kind of stuff, like not being aware of take your pick of whatever political show is spinning, you know, um, whatever bullshit narrative it is for their bubble. It's not like I'm like, man, I feel like I'm out of touch. I'm like, I'm happy. If I am out of touch, fine, I'm out of touch. But I'm not, I'm not angry by, I'm not angered by reading the bullshit or listening to or watching the bullshit. So that's positive. It's not the way that I thought it was going to happen after January 6th. I thought that was going to be, okay, there, there's our rock bottom. But as it turns out, I don't think it was. I was wrong. I thought it was in the moment. I clearly wasn't. I was wrong as fuck. And um, I don't know what the, I don't know what the rock bottom will be. I don't know. If, I don't even, I don't, we might just continue trending yeah. um, for a while. Um, but that's, that's how I, I, I came away from the, from that. Um, but my addition by subtraction is I just, um, 
I'm not paying attention. Mm-hmm. So if one would like to call me uninformed, one would be correct. But I'm happily uninformed. Yeah, blissfully, blissfully ignorant. Yeah, truly, truly is the case. Yeah. and so I'll, you know, I'll drop by uh, occasionally. Um, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, and you know, I'll be like, oh, didn't know that was going on. Yeah. Um, oh, didn't know that was going on. But kind of happy that I don't know that oh, that's yeah. going on, for lack of a better. For lack of a better term, uh, let's see. I uh, wanted to make sure I talk about our advertisers. Um, who have I talked about so far? Action Jackson, keep me on the keep me on uh, the. Uh, you talked about the great Ryan Kelly. Yep, and he is. Talked about the great uh, Seth Goldcamp design there. Talk about Jim Rogers Restoration One. I don't know. I don't know if we've talked about. I think we've mentioned them. I don't know if we've done any reads for them. Well, if you're going to be buying a home. You got to get pre-approved with Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Uh, we talked about this in our pseudo show that had to get interrupted by texts. Um, but I did, I drove by and I did see a for sale sign. So oh, okay. out here on Woodlawn. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long it'll be up. It's not a good thing if it is up for a while. I do think some people are just like pricing their homes just like at ridiculous rates going, if we can get it. Yeah, it's got to yeah, throw it out well. there. If we don't, okay, we won't. But um, yeah, you got you to gotta be pre-approved. Or you just got to have a bunch of cash, whatever the case might be, because the home buying market is just so competitive. Go online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan Kelly, to refinance or to get pre-approved. Thehomeloanexpert.com. Once you get pre-approved, then get your home insured uh, with James Carlton, the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800. Or go online at carltoninsurance.net. James Carlton is in Webster Groves, and he is a State Farm insurance agent, and he is my insurance agent, so I love to uh, send people to him because I know you'll be very happy. And if I weren't, I would not praise him as I do here in a public forum. 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at evergreenstl.com. You hear him on our program, the radio program, every week on Thursdays. Jackson, you work with him. Tell me why he is so wonderful, if you would. Oh, he's just, he's just the best. He, he, he helps you out. He personalizes each conversation to the person. So, you know, it's not cookie cutter. It's not what you can get from any person you look up on Google. Mark is there to work with you. Specific to you. You know, not just work for you, but work with you. Figure out the plan. He doesn't make, he doesn't say, okay, I'm going to have you do this, this, or that. He's going to teach you about everything and let you make the decision. And, and Mark is so good at explaining things to someone like me who knows nothing about finance. Uh, but he has me set up so well and I appreciate him for that because not only is he a great, uh, financial guy, but he's a wonderful human being and, uh, someone I'm honored to work with. So if you don't have someone like that, you need to be calling up Mark Hanna. 314-889-0503. I think really highly of him. As well, at some point there will come a time where I will go into more detail on a bunch of these things. Um, and he's just, he really is. He is a plus and I'm glad that you're working with him, Jackson. So yeah. as we, as we were sitting here talking about the Rachel Nichols, um, Maria Taylor ESPN situation, literally Jackson, mm-hmm. this happened too with the LA Kemper thing. This has some about it. Uh, Andrew Marchand with this story, uh, within the last half hour, uh, ESPN, uh, has removed Rachel Nichols from the sidelines for the NBA Finals, the network has announced. The move was made in the wake of a New York Times report about demeaning comments that Nichols made around a year ago about network host Maria Taylor during a private conversation. 
Nichols did not realize that the video was being recorded. The video was then disseminated by an ESPN employee. In her place, the network will have Malika Andrews on the sidelines for the finals. Nichols will continue to host the jump. Quote, we believe this is the best decision for all concerned in order to keep the focus on the NBA finals. And ESPN said in a statement. So there it is. Yep. So I think this will be the beginning of the phase out for Rachel Nichols. She'll be going away. I think she'll be phased out slowly. I mean, the jump is... Uh, the jump is not good. The jump, the, the jump, the jump stinks. You're about to be a take Smith, right? I mean, there. I just, I, mean, I don't. When you reeled it in, I mean, the jump is not very good. Paul Pierce wasn't very good on it. He left. I mean, there's a lot of people who kind of see the writing on the wall. I feel for ESPN, just not high on the on the content that they're putting out. So they're taking her off the sideline. That I was, wonder what they can do. I'm yeah. not talking about specific there, but ESPN in general. To like up, I mean. Because success was was the byproduct of something that isn't relevant anymore correct. in Sports Center. Yeah. So just in, I mean, sometimes things just change. Uh-huh. And sometimes people, and I, you know, I, you know, to be St. Louis centric, I think I talked about this with baseball a week or two ago on the podcast. Um. I also, another example would be downtown. Mm -hmm. I think downtown St. Louis, like, I think we can still have a great region, even if downtown isn't, you know, a hotbed of activity like lower Manhattan. I, you know, I mean, downtown LA isn't exactly the bee's knees and that's, Mm -mm. so I I don't know. I just, I feel like sometimes you try to force things to hold on to them. So much of St. Louis is about what was opposed to what's going to be. Uh, and people are living on what was done or what their families did um, as opposed to, you know, what they are going to do or what they are doing. And and so along those lines now, taking it to the national discussion and what we were talking about with ESPN and Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor, I don't, I feel like it can work, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it can't. Maybe it can't. I think part of it is... ESPN is a Disney company, is owned by Disney. And so much of what's popular in sports right now is kind of more like what we do on TMA. Yeah, and it's counter to what Disney shareholders and Disney board would want. And that's not, Disney is a buttoned up deal. It's It's interesting. That's a a nice observation. It's an American pie company. And so when you take something like ESPN, you're not going to be really able to do kind of what they do on Inside the NBA or what they do with the Fox show on uh, Sunday or like what, what we is ESPN's signature show right now, as we speak on July sixth, twenty twenty one? Sports Center with SVP. I would have to think. Yeah, I, I, I think that I think, I think for those who are aware of it. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I would say, and I might be wrong. You might immediately poke a hole in it. I would say College Game Day. Hmm. Yeah, probably that and the NFL Countdown. Probably those two, just because they can. Ooh, I don't up. think NFL Countdown. I don't think so. I don't think that's got the juice that College Game Day does. College Game Day has juice, but that is a kind of like a seasonal deal. But I no, I get saying, it. I but I mean, saying, but like, I mean, NBA on TNT seasonal. Yeah, no doubt. I, my, I guess my premise, which I need to define what I'm talking about, is what is the thing that even when there are other options, gotcha. people are going to make sure that they tune in. Like okay. Fox tries to do a college football show, and it's just like, ugh. But then yeah. Fox does their NFL show, and it's still the, you know. Yeah, it's no the, doubt. Uh, yeah, probably college for- game day or just, I guess, Sports Center is such like a background thing. 
Now it is. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out, and you might, the Disney thing is that I haven't heard that and maybe a bunch of people have said it and I haven't uh -huh. heard. I know that immediately some people, they make it political and say it's woke. You know, I'm not, I just, when it gets down to it, people can be woke or they can be conservative or whatever. If a business works, people exit like Chick-fil-A, for example. Yeah. You know, I'm, pr I'm, I'm quite confident that if I applied to own a franchise, Chick-fil-A, I wouldn't even make it through the first minute uh -huh. of them reading through, you know, my operation. But I love the chicken sandwiches. And so I'm fine with that. Now, I, I, just because I am like that, that doesn't mean that everybody is like that. Um, premise being, I think a lot of people who consider ESPN woke still are excited if ESPN, i.e. SEC, mm -hmm. is in their uh, or is on campus for a game. For see sure. what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's because they have a great product there. Yes. So the product isn't good. So then when the product isn't good, people then attach reasonings to it to fit their, if they're really into the political thing and that consumes them, that this is the reason why, and this is the reason why, or the product isn't good. Uh -huh. the, pro the product isn't, you go out of your way, you know, and, and by the way, college game day would work whether it's on ESPN or not. Yeah. That's that I, to me is the sign of, yeah. uh, pardon my take would work whether it's on Barstool or not. Would it have gotten as big without Barstool? No, but now it's just like college game day. I don't think it would have gotten as good or big mm -hmm. with, yeah. without ESPN, but now it's a standalone thing. Yeah. Um, locally, I would say, you know, I think TMA, mm -hmm. uh, which I know is self-indulgent, but the Riz show, Dave Glover show, those kinds of shows we have followings and they'll follow wherever Glover went from 97.1 to KMOX. Riz has always been at 105.7. And I think we've been on every AM radio station in the market. <laughs> so, um, but if the the audience will follow you, so that's what I'm trying to say. You need those kinds of shows. The thirty for thirties. I know that's that's you know yeah. once and that I think is I think that. But it's interesting that you make that Disney observation and maybe. But I would think Disney's just like we got to make money, so they kind of wouldn't care. I don't know. But then they did try to get in a bed with Barstool, and it lasted one episode. Yeah, that didn't go well. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is like I think. Well, Disney pulls in so much damn money because they own everything yeah. entertainment-wise, pretty much. Not everything, obviously, but pretty much. So I think they're willing to take a loss to maintain their brand. Yeah. And I don't even know how much of a loss ESPN's taking, per se. I can assume, based on the content I see, they're not making any money off me. But um, they definitely like they have their hands in so much stuff that they're going to be fine if ESPN starts to because even if ESPN's shows like the non-sports that they show stink they still have the NBA finals they'll still have right. uh, Monday Night Football they'll still have all of this stuff sports wise that will keep them at the very least relevant for a very long time because they're not losing out there I mean they just got the NHL contract and that's another thing and the NHL might be what turns it for them because they have a, a great lineup of people in there yeah that's to true do the, that's true do the that's hockey true. thing that's true so. yeah nbc never really got that right no they never could um and that's the thing to me even though they're not household names to most americans hockey has some of the best personalities because mm -hmm. the guys are just some of the best guys yeah and so you're inevitably you know going to have some incredible personalities in there yeah. i mean you know barkley and Shaq and kenny smith with Ernie Johnson, it's just magic. And it's just, yeah. you just let that go. You don't fuck with it. You just no. go, okay, it's working. We do not fuck with it. Yeah. You know, the, 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 but ESPN has it. 
but I don't necessarily think it's about the people who are on college game day. Herb Street. No. Oh, I think he's, I think oh, he's, no, no, I think no, he's no. a needle mover. I don't think like in an amusing way, like Barkley no. Shaq. No, but he's, yeah, he's Kenny Smith, the, but he's like the face of it has guy. been. He's for, a yeah, guy. He is. Corso at this point is, is an unfortunate weird spot for ESPN. And yeah, you know, that's, yeah. Um, so who is Reese Davis who handles it now? Because Fowler's on the call of games. Yeah, yeah. Reese Davis handles it. I think you're right on that. And yep. Desmond Howard. Des, uh-huh. And they have someone else. Tebow was on the Fox one. But Maria Taylor would be there oftentimes. Yeah. And then what's the dude who played at Georgia? Pollard? Pollard? Something like that. Yeah. But, I, but I mean, that tells you all you need to know is that we can't think of them, but exactly. yet it's still something that we view in that regard. I don't know. I don't know what the solution for it is, and they continue to run into these kinds of issues with the Rachel Nichols, not with this one specifically, but these kinds of things, where it's just like they're just grasping. Yeah, and sure. it's a it's a disaster, and how this thing plays out, and then is Rachel can Rachel Nichols get rehired? And it's so it's just so it's like you're on this island now. Yeah, and you're you're done. Yep. Um. So that, that leads me to this question. Um, let me see. Here it is. Uh, Tim, congrats on that hole-in-one. Amazing. I bet you're still buzzing. I can't tell if that's sarcastic because I think I said on last week's podcast yeah. that the hole-in-one, like walking around, I don't want to say like walking around the streets of St. Louis, <laughs> but just in general, like, and, and people would come up and congratulate me and, and my wife would just be like, I mean, are people like doing this as a joke or people? <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. I, I mean, how can you not? Yeah. But, uh, I also made some money on it. Yeah. With the fun thing. Yeah. Like real money. That's awesome. Like they got a 1099 me real money. Wow. Yeah. Very and cool. I said, Dan Ray said, listen, you're in bed with a professional golfer now. I want you to know that. Yeah. I want yeah. you. I, I hope this is a turn on for you. And it wasn't. But I said I hope. Wow. Uh, she said, uh, or the, this gentleman uh, says, I bet you're still buzzing. Pringle, keep up the good work. Appreciate. it. I was listening to QFTA yesterday and got to thinking about the baseball discussion and where the sport is going. You were projecting where the sport would be in ten years, and I, like you, have completely lost any inclination to seriously follow the game. I thought of a. I, I truly believe my master's thesis on baseball is is right. Of course, why else would I give it if I didn't think it was right? But here I am on the Rachel Nichols Maria Taylor thing, and I just don't really have anything because mm -hmm. I don't really feel strong. Like it's like, yeah, okay, let's hold Rachel Nichols accountable. Except it was a private conversation, and I don't think what she was saying is is as bad as the way like it's being labeled as like a what I don't know racist statement. It's just like that's not really what she was saying. If anything, she was saying that she can sympathize with the fact yeah. that, you know, yeah, but it doesn't matter. You can't say that. Yeah. She was kind of more just scrutinizing ESPN than yeah. Maria Taylor, but right. It's but it, it's over once, once, once oh, yeah. the, the horse leaves the barn, man, no it doubt. is you, you can, you can't offer that dissenting opinion anywhere. You can't do it. You will get lit up. Then you are, then you are, uh, you know, a casualty in it. So nobody's going to stand up for and point that out. Um, and then Maria Taylor is an incredibly talented person who is not getting a job because she's black. No, she's incredibly She's talented. incredibly talented. Yeah. Period. Mm -hmm. You know, just, but, but my premise is no one in sideline reporting is worth a ridiculous amount of money. Put Maria Taylor on the desk at Good Morning America, the Today Show. I get it. Uh, sideline reporting. I don't. 
Um, so anyway, digress. So that's why I don't have a master's thesis on this. On the baseball thing, to revisit, for those of you who didn't hear it, my theory on baseball, which this gentleman is making reference to, which was a week or two ago on this podcast, is locally people are saying the Cardinals are boring. And perhaps if you were to line up all 30 teams in Major League Baseball, they would, I guess, fall on the the spectrum of boring, I guess, I guess. My premise is this. Because of social media, because of access to pick whatever it is, podcasts, but more likely video on your phone or games or shows, uh, gambling with daily fantasy or fantasy or just betting in general, the pace of the country and in particular the pace of younger people in the country is um, is operating at the absolute opposite of the pace of the game of baseball. Yep. And so the Cardinals could have Fernando Tatis Jr. And I still think people would be like, God, I'm not as into this as I was. What happened? Which I think then lends itself to the thing that kind of would frustrate me is people like, the Cardinals need to do something. I'm like, God, I don't know if you could point out an organization that has acquired three bigger bats or names in the last, how many off-seasons are we talking? 18, 19, 20. So think Ozuna. Goldschmidt was 18, I think. Yeah. Ozuna was 19. I don't know. Either way. So Ozuna, Goldschmidt, or Arnado. Yeah. And yet the, 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 I feel like the narrative locally is they got to do something. And it's like, yeah, the team's not very good. But to say that they're like sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> It just is not, yeah. it's actually factually inaccurate. And so I can't just like go along with it because it's not true. Um, the assessment of talent has been an issue in a major way, but you know, they're in a spot, man. And I feel like, and this is why I tried to point this out on the radio show this morning in Chicago. Was this one of your links? They're talking about potential fire sale, or is it just something I read on my No, own? yeah, I didn't send that. All right. That the Cubs are going to go into a fire sale mode here as you approach the trade deadline. Hmm. And that's just kind of accepted around baseball. Yeah. The Cubs are a half game ahead of the Cardinals. Locally, the thought process is what? We need to go get some pitching. Right. The Cardinals need to go all out. Yeah. I, and I'm just like, at some point... The organization, and I think I, I love the fact that they have been competitive as they've been for basically twenty years. Mm -hmm. But you usually have to pay off that debt at some point. Yeah, and I think it may have arrived. It's just unfortunately arrived in Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright's final year or two, and so it's a different deal than if this were like twenty fifteen, and. Now, I think, I don't think Nolan Arenado is going to opt out. Do you, do you look at that with any... I don't think he I, will. And it's basically it's straight numbers. It's got nothing to do with the team being competitive. No. I don't think he's going to be able to get the deal he got in St. Louis this after no. this season. Now, maybe he can go down the line with other no. years. but So, he's. I just don't view him opting out. Goldschmidt isn't going anywhere. No. Nope. By the way, I'd put that in for better or for worse. And I think he's got a good relationship with him. I think Arenado is one of the few guys who are baseball only... And this is a perfect place for that. Yeah, him and Goldie both. I it's like perfect for them. Yeah. It's perfect for them. Mm -hmm. um, probably not perfect for Jack Flaherty. I was just about to say that. The opposite end of it for yes. Flaherty. 
but for Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, um, it's perfect. I just don't see him opting out because people will use that. Well, they got They don't want Arenado to opt out. It's just it. It should have happened, but I get why it didn't happen in 2016 or 2017 or 2018. But those were the years because they were lurking in either the wild card or the central division race at the trade deadline. But I wanted them, and I remember saying it on the radio, I was in a weird spot. I wanted them to fall out in advance of the trade deadline so they could reset. Not not blow it up like the Astros or Cubs. Yeah. But and I'm, just, I'm talking about years ago. Mm-hmm. But because it's just kind of like they, they're stuck in this purgatory, this middle of the roadness. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think I cited on the radio show um, Jeff Pass and Colin about the trade deadline and who's on the move and who's not. And the one name coming up with the Cardinals was Giovanni Gallegos. And one GM is quoted as saying, we really hope the Cardinals, you know, acknowledge that they're not very good because they're not very good and that they move him because he's a guy who could help teams that are. But locally, there's like this, like I was just saying, they got to go out and do something. I think it would actually be, depending on what happens over the next few weeks, I'd just be really surprised if they went on some surge where, mathematically they're in a tough spot. The other thing locally that is different than other organizations have is the last two times the Cardinals won the World Series, in both cases, you didn't think there was any way in the world they were going to win the World Series when the playoffs started. Um, Or in the case of 2011, like two weeks before the playoffs started, you know, or even a month and a half before the playoffs started. So it's happened. Lightning has struck twice. And so I can get why the organization and certainly why the fans want to see them do it, and then in particular with the Molina and the Wainwright situation. I get it, but God, this team is not a starting pitcher who will be out there. I think the best one at this moment seemingly would be Jose Barrios, this thing with Max Scherzer. No, that's not, you can't get a guy for a single year. And I think the difference between those two, the 06 and 11 team, a big difference between now, yeah, that were Pujols. The teams were just better on paper. Yeah, and there was, yeah, and in the 06, they just weren't healthy. That, yeah, was, that exactly. was a major thing, but you know, I mean, Talking about, you know, the Nationals are four games out of first place and in second place in their division. So this thing with Max Scherzer, it's like these things get passed off and then they just become truths, but they're not really truths. No, and in 2019... If if you're a Nationals fan and you're in second place, four games back of the Mets, and they traded Max Scherzer, you'd go, what in the fuck is going on? Yeah. So I just kind of just want to, (laughs) like, present some facts. Yeah. You know, as unfortunate and unpopular as they might be, uh, and since I don't really dance on Twitter, you're not necessarily going to see them often. But you know, this is just this is. And then Jose Barrios of the Twins um, is certainly going to be traded, mm-hmm. but a bunch of people want him, and the Cardinals probably aren't positioned to be one of the teams that would be able to get him. And also, I don't necessarily even want them to because they kind of got to restock here. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, they got, I and mean, then they've had this dead money in the in the organization now for a couple of years. It's eventually their own doing. Yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. But eventually, you got to pay the Pied Piper. It's not just going to be this survive when keep retooling. A, it's like putting new rims on a car that already isn't really working. Nice rims reference. Yeah. It's me to Mungan at stlouisacura.com, altontoyota.com. Get your cars from there. Well, I'm getting one from him. I love this thing. I'm dry. I really do. And I, uh, and it's not because it's like, you know, going to get parked out front at Napoli. It's just because I just love the car. You know, it's just rock solid. And, uh, and they were trying to get me an MDNX originally and I went a different direction. 
But uh, Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, you got you got somebody at stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com, and they really are the best. They truly are the absolute best. Um, it has just been a partnership that I can't speak highly enough of um, with Mung and S. stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. Uh, in addition, Jim Rogers of Restoration One, that's a partnership that really worked because my basement was flooding and the man came over and he cleaned it out. He dried it up and then we didn't have any mold and holy moly, do I now have a greater appreciation for what it is that he does. Jim Rogers of Restoration One of CentralStLouis.com, 314-565-1962. That's the phone number. Um, major recommendation. If you have water in your basement, if you have damage to your home, that's what they do. They clean it up. They fix it up for you. It's Restoration One of Central St. Louis, the great Jim Rogers. 314-565-1962. That's 314-565-1962. Restoration One of Central St. Louis. And Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling. I don't know how many emails or DMs I've gotten over the last couple of weeks when the weather got super hot in St. Louis, but I invite them and I invite people to email me now, tmckernan at insidestl.com. Um, and I will make an introduction to Seth Goldcamp. And the next thing you know, magic is going to be happening for you. It's going to get taken care of design air, heating and cooling, the absolute best design air service.com. The official HVAC provider of the Tim McKernan show podcast. So I started reading this email and then I, uh, went into a cardinal take. So this is where the guy was going, and I'm going to pick it up. He said, I thought of a hypothetical that kept me going on a drive yesterday. You have to pick a sport in the four major sports leagues defined as number of viewers in the U.S. to fall out of that grouping, as in NFL, NHL, NBA, and MLB. It seems half the lists online have MLS over the NHL, which I cannot believe is true. So for this discussion, wow, really? That's surprising. That that is really surprising. And even though I get that St. Louis weights hockey way higher than most American cities, mm-hmm. that still surprises me. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL are your starting four. Which one would fall out when, in years, you get a five-year berth on either side? Which would be the first in to take its spot? All right, do you follow the question? Yeah. Uh, to give you some hypothetical skin in the game, you have to put a significant amount of cash on your answer and the timeline. Be specific with the league, i.e. EPL or MLS, not soccer, MMA or boxing, not professional fighting. I want Jackson's answer too, exclamation point. That's from Dogtown Ty. Seems like Dogtown Ty has an idea where I'm going and won't like it. Um, wow. Well, MLB is certainly trending down. Um, I don't know how of the four it is in MLB. Yeah, I mean... The two of NBA and, and, and NFL are doing well. NFL, I hear people on the, well, youth numbers going down. doesn't matter. NFL will always be here. It's our uh, bread and butter. And here's another part of the NFL thing, by the way. It has a couple things that I think are really working against Major League Baseball that I don't know if we spent enough time talking about, although you brought it up and we talked about it whenever whatever podcast this was last yeah, week yeah. or two weeks ago. The NFL has a tenth of the games Furthermore, it's taking place in the winter around what is the winter for most of the country. Yeah. So people are inside on a weekend afternoon. So it has some intangibles as far as its schedule goes that each game means 10 times more theoretically than a single baseball game, 162 versus 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. Um, It's on a Sunday afternoon in the winter. Yep. People aren't going to be, you know, out and about. Why don't sports work in South Florida? Because people have things to do. They don't want, I don't want to 
fucking sit inside and watch sports. I never do when I'm when I'm down there. You know, yeah. you want to be out and living, not watching shit. But if you're stuck inside, you're watching college football, you're watching the NFL in particular, because college football, basically, the regular season's over by the end of November. It can still be nice around a lot of the country. Yep. But the NFL's going all the way until February. Yep. So um, you have that element. Um, the gambling element certainly lends itself to it in a major way. Fantasy sure. football, daily fantasy, but fa that's one where even those who don't play DraftKings or FanDuel, they're in it with the year-long leagues. Yeah, uh, I've gotten out of the year-long leagues because you know I've, I've got a hundred rosters and I don't give a shit if I win like you know a few hundred dollars in our league. You know I'm trying to you know uh, you know get the Tam Avenue Capital Partners in the black. So from my standpoint, people in St. Louis might say, "Well, shit, it's got to be you know NFL and NBA. Fuck them." But in reality, I think around the country, they're they're one and two. Yep. Um, yep. No doubt. Um, but so so to me, I mean, my honest answer is, well, where are you going? MLB being replaced by the MLS. Okay. I, I well, if EPL, I'm not, is, I'm not buying up the MLS. But is so is EPL in play here? Because that's yeah. not okay. Um, yeah. Then I guess I. I mean, EPL might already have taken over. <laughs> I mean, if we're literally looking at, you know, they what, what you said about uh, the NFL being on a Sunday, that has the EPL working again. It is still on a weekend, Saturday, but it's in the morning. Right. So you're not going to get the booze. But the kids from, are watching it. For it's, sure. It's, it's, that's the thing. For kids are watching sure. it. That's not going away. So, so yeah, me, I guess for the five-year thing. Yeah. So my answer is, like, without a sweat. Um, but, I mean, it's a, it's a weird question because we're talking about the U.S. I mean, you're talking about the four major sports in the U.S. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, speci that's specifically what I'm reading the question, to find yeah. his number of viewers in the U.S. So, I guess if that's how you're doing it, so then yeah. you're talking viewers, television viewers. For sure, then EPL. I don't know. That, then I don't know. I don't know on that. I don't know if EPL surpasses Major League Baseball. No. I don't know if EPL surpasses anything. So then it's like, okay, would MLS surpass any of those four? Not in five years. Maybe 10, maybe 15. I don't know. I just don't know if the MLS is ever going to get there. They I, need the aging. Well, unless until they can start paying players the same thing they get paid in Europe. Yeah. I and just, provide similar competition. They won't be getting even the best American players. Hey, will so go play here, in England. Here's my, here's my answer. I'll go super outside the box. I won't go EP because we're going number of viewers. <laughs> I'm going to go 15 years in esports. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. It's a good play. I don't think it's going to be MLS. And if we're going number of viewers, I don't think it'll be EPL. If we're going number of American viewers, I don't think EPL will replace Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. But esports and EPL, if you want to, if you want your answer, you go, okay, what are kids, you know, and I'm going beyond teen. I'm going like single digit, you know, eight mm -hmm. year old kids. What, what are they watching? What are they doing? Mm -hmm. And it's video games. Yep. And now the parents are p people who grew up on video games, so they don't necessarily have the animosity toward it as uh, my parents may have, even though my parents weren't really against it. But that was, oh, you got to go outside and play ball. I mean, it's just not. Yeah. I mean, it still might be there, but it's, it's, I don't think it's going to have the intensity. Now you see, oh, you know, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Jackson, that a lot of the people who are inside playing video games are now multimillionaires because <laughs> they wound up writing code, you yeah, know? no doubt. So it's not this thing, yeah. you know. Well, who's laughing now kind of situation. Right. But he said something interesting with the UFC. That has opportunity, but not if they keep doing pay-per-view, they can't. They just simply can't. Like yeah, so for the, for, for, what the stat, for what the standard is, number of viewers. Yeah, they won't be able to eclipse that, but I think that 
So I think MLS could, you know, I was, and I don't know if there's anything to this. The big payoff for MLS is that the MLS gets worked into the Champions League. Uh When are the MLS gets into the Champions League? Yeah. Now, if that happens, again, this is, this is like a, this is like a fourth hand DM thing. This isn't like, Hey, I've got a source. Let me bust this out an hour into the podcast thing. (laughs) I want to make that clear. Yeah. So if, if that, so if the, the, the level of the MLS can get to, I don't even know what the right way to describe it would be, but where it's not viewed as like, oh, it's the fallback thing. Yeah. You know, or it's where the, like the, yeah, the the older guys go, you might recognize their names and you get to see them do a farewell tour because they can't get paid. Like triple A baseball. Right. Exactly. Then I would say it's live. I just don't view it that way. And again, I mean, all of our takes right now on this are like unintentionally anti St. Louis because right now you got to be, you know, (laughs) jerking off the MLS here. Yeah. Um, and of course, Cardinals and Blues, but we're looking at this from a national discussion. I For want to be sure. honest with people. Um, while I think the energy um, at what we hope is called the dog pound, I think I am wearing my St. Louis Dogs hat. Am I not? Rooster. No, I'm wearing TMA hat, TMA Rooster hat. I can't even trap my hats. Um, that uh, that I think it'll be incredible. I think it's going to be so good from a young person perspective. For sure. That that I'm looking forward to that yeah. and taking my son to it. Um, I'm looking forward to all of that. That I think will be great, but that doesn't then make me say the MLS will overtake one of what is considered the four major pro sports in America right now. I can't be dishonest. Um, I still think the, I I would buy stock on the NHL partially, as I always say when I'm talking about buying stock with St. Louis, partially because the value isn't as high, but I just think for the way people, younger people are titillated Mm -hmm. with quick action that it lends itself more to that. Baseball is just, I don't know what, I don't know what baseball can do. Yeah. I have no idea what baseball can do. The only thing I can think of is shortening the season, but that'll never, ever, ever happen. So I don't, I think, I think they might be in a spot where they, they not necessarily now, but could be heading toward a spot at some point in the next decade where they have to go, we have to do something dramatic. Mm-hmm. That's something that dire would yeah. take place, but otherwise, I don't. I just, I don't think they'll mess with that. And, and so much of that is a revenue thing. Yeah, that's the. But that is the I just, I don't know. I don't know, and I really do believe, and I haven't read this anywhere. I might be wrong. Am I acting like I came up with this thing that explains it all? But I truly believe that it has to do with how we access entertainment now, and baseball is the antithesis of that. Yep. It's it's why I loved going to games back in the day, sitting there and bullshitting. Yeah. And, and now I just, ha- I couldn't have any less interest in it outside of taking my son whenever that day will come. Yeah. And, but other than that, it's just, it's just where I am and it happened quickly, man. So I just don't think, you know, I mean, the Cardinals do have, I realize it's not going on right now, a Cy Young caliber pitcher mm-hmm. and a guy who I think could wind up becoming the face of baseball in the next few years, probably not while he's here and Jack Flaherty one of the most exciting defensive players in the history of the game, actually, in yeah. Nolan Arenado. Um, and it's still, it just doesn't matter. It's no. like, well, go, got to go get more. And it's just like, okay, it's, and you're going to have another boring team because you're going to be paying off whatever it is that you did to get yeah. those players at the trade deadline. So, yeah, baseball's in a tough spot. Yeah. That, and to me, it's kind of obvious that that baseball is the one that's out. It's just yeah. what is the one that replaces it, and how soon? Yeah, it's gonna be. It, it's tough for the MLS because they won't be able to eclipse. Like Christian Pulisic, the best American player in the 
in the in America. A bad way of saying that, but he doesn't play in America. He doesn't play in the MLS. You know, the all the best players who are going to come out of America because that's a big thing is we don't produce enough quality talent here in America. But then when we do, they go play somewhere else. So until you can convince players in their prime, not old guys like Zlatan Ibrahimovic in his older state came to play for the LA Galaxy. If you want to get guys who are still in their prime and world-class talent, you not only have to pay them like they do over in Europe, but you have to provide them with the same caliber of competition. And it's going to take a long time to do that. Could it happen? I do I do think it can yeah. happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. I just at this moment I just don't see it and it's and there's such disparity there. So I don't I would I would actually love it. I mean it's it probably happened like I'm in my 60s or 70s, but um cuz I do love I I do love it, but it's not like I'm up on Saturday mornings no. watching no. games and all on the edge of my seat over it. Uh, another thing, um, and this was actually in a conversation, this wasn't an email, but it's kind of along the lines of something that we talked about recently. So we're kind of uh, wrapping up some some stunningly sports discussions. Uh, we get more sports discussions on this than we do <laughs> on TMA. Um, the Eli Drinkwitz take last oh, week. Yeah. Um, had a gentleman um, who uh, would describe himself as one of like the Mizzou crazies who like Strauss, Joe Strauss, the late great. <laughs> would prey on on Twitter. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> they, they chased Gabe Diarman off Twitter and he is the guy oh, who owned Colorado. I feel so bad for him. Oh, the Colonel. I'd see him the walking game, around Gabe's mentions. Oh, I'd see him walking around in Columbia and I'm just like, man, I feel so bad for this guy. The Colonel. Um, so, do you recall my Eli Drinkwood's take? So, yeah. He will not be uh, well-liked in this region here in the next five years. Yes. And I'm like, let me shove all in on that. Uh-huh. And this person said, I get where you're coming from. I don't like it. <laughs> you're probably right. But here is where he disagreed with me. Uh-huh. He disagreed with me on um, that he was excited by what took place on the field last year. Okay. Uh, and I said, okay, I, give me your reasoning. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I said, I'm open to it. I mean, this is, you know, this is For like sure. I'm coming from a place of authority. It's, it's, you know, this is essentially a futures bet and you're not going to be right on futures bets quite often. Mm. And he said, I mean, considering what he had to work with, considering that schedule, you know, um, they, you know, I mean, they covered against Alabama. I, I, I you know, that was kind of a, you know. Yeah, I, I don't put much stock into. Yeah, that was, a, that, was a, that was like the fourth string Alabama by the end. It was, <laughs> yeah. a, it was like Eli Drinkwitz was running down the field for timeouts to try to get them into the end zone if he was doing it to cover. God bless him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a. You know, I don't view that. No. Um, but, I, you know, he understands on the LSU thing. It's just, I mean, how'd they finish? You know, I guess that's the thing. If, mm-hmm. if So, with that said, since we recorded the podcast, even more recruits coming to Columbia. Yeah. So, my premise is this. I, and I think, and I he got where I was coming from. It's uh-huh. not like he was like, he, and he agrees. He agrees with the premise. The premise, and the premise is this. He, his name will be, his name is Mud. It's like I'm like doing a show like, you know, in the Civil War, it's the Civil War <laughs> podcast. His name is Mud. But my premise, he will be unliked by Missouri fans in, by 2026. And I actually think I'm giving myself way too wide of a bur- I think it'll be much sooner than that. And my reasoning is he will either get fired for lack of performance on the field mm-hmm. or what I think is way more likely, he will be scooped up by somebody 
and he will be gone. And I think there's a chance that he's not even the Missouri head coach in seven months. Wow. And like for me, it's like, it's not even, it's, I wish I could bet it. If I could bet this somewhere, I'm dead serious. I would bet an irresponsible amount of money, but who the hell is going to put, you know, like gangster Pete, you, can bet you gangster. think gangster Pete would, would say Eli Drinkwitz is going to be still th- thought of as highly by Missouri fans in the state of Missouri in July of 2026. No, he's probably with you. I don't want to speak for GP, okay. but I assume he's on the same. But again, it's not because I th- I don't think he's a capable coach. No. I'm yeah. not I'm not I'm confused as to what he did last year as coach that made yeah. people canonize him. Mm-hmm. That confuses me. But at the same time, he went 5 and 5 and I, I it's not like I was like, fuck, I think they're going to win 8 games. No. I probably projected to win 3 and he won 5. Right. So so, you know, it's just, it's not like any, it's not like there's a, there's a game where you go, oh my God, I cannot believe that. No. Because even the LSU things, I was aware that LSU had lost to Mississippi State the week before. I'm like, oh shit, LSU might not. And I knew a bunch of their guys opted out. Obviously a bunch went to the draft. That wasn't LSU, but it was a big name. I don't even think that game was supposed to be in Columbia originally, right? I think something happened where it had to get moved. So, yeah, because they were wearing their away uniforms. Right. So I think they counted as a home game yeah, for LSU. I, I mean, whatever. It was either way. premise being that was like that was like the thing that got a bunch of people's attention. And I even remember in the de- morning of, because I think that was a morning game, going, "This is going to be weird because I know the Mizzou fan thing." Uh-huh. And I'm going to go on the radio on Monday, and it's not I, unless I just lie, which I'm not going to do, and go, "Yeah, this isn't." Because I was over at my parents' house watching it, and they were just like, oh, my God, could you believe they had this? I'm like, yeah, they beat the 2020 LSU. They didn't beat 2019 LSU. Yeah. I don't know if anybody could beat 2019 LSU. No. There'd be, I think some bad NFL teams would struggle. Against the 2019. But this, So, speaking of LSU, I could see Eli Drinkwitz being the coach of LSU soon. Yeah, the orders are on. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's a little hot. I think he would actually be more well-respected in Columbia if he, like, shat the bed and didn't do well than if he is super successful and moves on to another SEC school. Like, if he just didn't do great as a coach and they fire them, it'd be like, oh, like, no one hates Kim Anderson. I realize Mizzou basketball isn't the same as yeah, Mizzou football. Yeah, but he didn't, but then he went to Missouri. Yeah, Do that's people true. hate Barry Odom? No, I don't think they... See, I'm looking at Drinkwitz as like a more glamorous Mike Anderson. Mm. You know, mm. that's how I'm I'm looking at it. Is, but obviously, Mike Anderson didn't have the personality that Drinkwitz has. Um, and the way Mike Anderson actually did exit specifically made it all yeah. worse. Um, yeah, that was that was a bad situation, right? So, but it, but that's what I'm talking about with it. And I think right now, Missouri fans are on this high, albeit not from games, but from recruiting and then the stuff he does on social media, um, which I guess is the game you have to play now, which no is you know. It's just, it's just, it's just selling. And if you don't necessarily believe the salesman, and I don't believe the salesman, <laughs> then it's just, it's, yeah. you know, I don't believe the salesman. Yeah. I, for the moment I met and interviewed Gary Pinkle, I was like, and I wasn't expecting it. I remember when, because we were covering the, the coaching search back in, I guess, 2000, 2001, whenever it was. And I'm just like, who the fuck? Oh yeah, they beat Penn State. Yeah, that was his thing. Like, God, they had to settle for coach at Toledo man this but I met him I'm like I remember coming back to KMOV and saying the people KMOV you know Savard Doug Vaughn our editors and producers I go I don't know this guy there's something different about this guy a hundred percent but just but that's he's a different guy just that doesn't mean there's only one way to get into the end zone so drink which thing might be the thing I Gary Pinkle wasn't going anywhere I remember asking him about that I remember asking him about 
like he was so still torn up about having to say goodbye to his players at Toledo, uh-huh. Toledo, yeah. you know, to go to a big 12 school at the time. I'm like, there's just something different about this guy. And by the way, people being ambitious and Eli Drinkwitz, if he were offered Ed Orgeron's job in a year or two and taking it, I wouldn't be like, what's he doing? Yeah, I get it, man. Like the that. budget that they're working with in Baton Rouge versus Columbia and what different. that operation is, is a different deal. I get it. But I do think sometimes fans, and this isn't limited to Missouri, I think mm-hmm. Missouri may be a little more high, on the hypersensitive side of the scale, get their hearts ripped out yeah. when coaches leave. Because not only did the coach who you're buying into left, but then it also is kind of a holding up the mirror as to the state of the program. And if the one I used last week or two weeks ago, whenever we talked about it, was Bielma going from Wisconsin to Arkansas. I'm sure everybody in Wisconsin is going, we're better than Arkansas. What the fuck is he doing? Yeah. You know, I think yeah. there was more to it than just straight Wisconsin, Arkansas. Yeah. My premise, I mean, like the Haith Tulsa thing, totally different deal. Yeah. Uh, considering all the circumstances. So that's, I want to reiterate what my premise is. Yeah. And I also want to say, make this crystal clear. I hope I am wrong. Yeah. Because if his, if he is still viewed in July of 2026, as he's viewed in July of 2021, then that means some great shit has happened. No doubt. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. But I just, I mean, God, if there was a place I could bet it, and if anybody wants it, I'm <laughs> in. I'm, I'm in, and I will even give some semblance of odds. Not like 10 to 1, but I'll give something. I'll give, you know, I'll make it like plus 120 or something. Uh, so if we're betting like 1,000, yeah. you get 1,200. And I realize it's like tough to determine, I suppose. I think we would all agree Mike Anderson is not well-respected by Missouri fans right now. No. Okay. So I think that this is something Same that we level. would all be able to to come away from. But he, he just won what what I don't even know what conference St. John's is in right now. But I think he just won Coach of the Year in that conference. Did he? Yeah. I think are they they're not a ten are they? They might be a ten. Big the Big East has changed about I know. forty I can't times keep track in the last. Of what it was. And that was a that was a big time. Program well, I will say time. to play devil advocate. All right, good. Advocate Here you go. Do it. Do it for Eli. Is the one thing where people are like buying into him on what he did last year, I can put it down to one moment. It's stopping LSU four times on the goal line to win the game. To me, hundred percent, I'm that that you can't take that away. To me, that means the players have bought into what he's preaching. Like guys who do maybe, and I never played a town of football in my life, but I know from any sport I play. If you're going to dig deep like that, because it is so difficult to stop teams from right there. Oh, one yard. Yeah, it's so difficult. But if you, especially in a season where you kind of know you already lost to Alabama, you got a bunch of other SEC schools coming down the pipe, isn't necessarily going to make or break anything. But if you believe in your coach and you believe on what he can do and you go stop LSU four times to win this game, not only does... You know, the players feel that, but I think the fans feel it. And from that moment on, people were like, okay, maybe this drink guy can be. And he was also kind of came in underplayed because people probably heard the hire and like, they're like, who? Who's Eli Drinkwitz? But then when they see something like that, like a, a definable moment like that, I think their tune changes a little bit. I'll accept that. I get it. I you can't. You have to. I mean, I don't care. I, they that, they could have been playing one of their random September opponents, standard yeah. September opponent, just like most college football programs, by the way, and and done that first and goal from the one. Uh-huh. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Do it against LSU. Yeah. Um. Even though that wasn't the 2019 LSU, it was incredibly impressive. The issue I have is the way that the thing finished because it did have great momentum, even if LSU wasn't, you know, what LSU yeah. was eight months earlier. 
it's like then how do you how do you explain away the way the thing wrapped up? Yeah, and it wrapped up really poorly. Yeah, but I know there were a lot of injuries, and obviously had people in and out with COVID. It was just a different deal. Yeah, it was my 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 premise is. It's not that he can't coach. Uh-huh. I want to. It's. I don't know what he has done yet for me. For me, anyway. For uh-huh. me, as a coach, to make people like this guy is, uh-huh. is. And I. I don't. To me, I haven't seen that yet. Mm. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not there. He might be an incredible coach, and maybe he will be. Guys, going, shit. I'm gonna. I'm gonna spot where I'm worshipped in the state of Missouri. Yep. And. I go to Alabama and I got to replace Nick Saban. Not to say that he's going to Alabama to replace Nick Saban, but I go to LSU and the expectation is national championship. Instant and I'm in the SEC West yeah. with Alabama and Auburn and yeah. one of the others might have a decent team and you could lose to them. And now you're like A&M yeah. and holy shit. The seat gets a lot hotter, a lot quicker. quicker. Absolutely. And those kinds of So it of just depends on what you want. I just, he just strikes me. I don't even think the guys, I think I said this last week, he's not 40 yet. Um, I just think he's a guy who's, who's climbing. Which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of like Quinn, when Quinn had equity. I know the, the, the history now is, you know, the disaster that was the end of the Quinn thing. But initially it was, oh, he's going to be gone. He's going to be gone. Which is why I think I asked Pinkle about it. And shit, Quinn was only like in one or, in one or two seasons at that point. It's not mm-hmm. like he had been around a while. You know, and so there was a little bit of insecurity amongst Missouri fans at that time. And that's why, I, and he's just like, that's just not. Yeah. And he wasn't. I mean, but that's him. Those guys are rare. He also was older mm-hmm. when he was hired. Different deal. Had a family. You know, not that Drinkwitz doesn't, but it's a young family. So that's where I'm coming from. So, but it's the pri- it's the cost of having success. Yeah. You want, as weird as it is to say, you want him to leave. Yeah. Because that means that he has had great success. Yeah. And inevitably, take your pick of whomever. I mean, you could probably rattle off the 10 schools it would be. Uh-huh. Paid him something that Missouri just can't. And also, Missouri just isn't yeah. and hasn't been yet. Yeah. So that's... But yeah, well, I hear what you're saying. Whereas if he's leaving, that's giving Mizzou juice. That means Mizzou did something. Yeah, and that's giving you know, him juice. The tough spot would be is if he left for not an LSU Alabama kind of thing. Yeah, South Carolina, that's, Arkansas. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a lateral move would actually That's that's the kind of that thing. That would be detrimental whereas and, a, a a forward move would be possibly and really I good. And I think if you were so this is the, the stock buying thing cuz I think people get confused when I start talking about buying stocks. Part of buying stocks is also where they're priced. So I think if you ask like the people on the SEC network, college football coach in the SEC who you would buy right now, I think they would all say Eli Drinkwitz. Now, you, you, someone might go, well, what about Nick Saban? Nick Saban is like, you know, if this were DraftKings, like $15,000. Yeah. And on top of it, five years from now, Nick Saban's not coaching, yeah. most likely. So, you know, no, that's, th- like that's, I... that's it's a projection of the value, and it's also what you can acquire the asset for. And Eli Drinkwitz, relatively speaking, has a great deal of projected value and is, relatively speaking, in the SEC, inexpensive. And, uh, and I think people see him for what he's doing on the recruiting trail, which is a huge part of the job and also engaging a fan base and going, this guy's going to be a star. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's the answer. But with that is a Missouri fan and you're in the SEC. And I think we'd all acknowledge not in the top tier of the SEC football programs. I would love to see somebody who would argue that point, but whatever, <laughs> maybe we'll 
chime in with Gangster Pete, and we might be able to find something. Patch him in real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but that that uh, that that's you know that's that's the that's the cost of it. But like you said, it's the lateral move. Yeah, it's the South Carolina that kind of thing. I think in some way Missouri fans would be you know like you know. It, it, like okay, well, shit, we lost him, but he went to Alabama. You know, yeah. I mean, again, I keep using Alabama. I don't think that's but happening. Georgia, LSU, that kind of thing. Ole Miss, kind of even. Thing. Yeah, I don't know about the Ole Miss thing. I don't know about the Ole Miss thing. I don't know about the Ole Miss thing. But Georgia, LSU, Alabama, Florida. Auburn, Florida. Yeah, you saying. get it. It's still going to smart, but you get it. And then you know, and then inevitably, these coaches are asked, "Well, what are you gonna, you know, I mean, are you gonna stay? Are you gonna stay? Well, what can they say? They're always in that weird spot. Yeah, you can't not. I mean, they're in this tough spot, and if they're in a position to increase their income by like a third or fifty yeah. percent, and they're going to, if that's their goal, to coach at a place of that caliber with the history, Missouri can't do that. Now yeah. you can create your own history, and I think that's what he's selling right now, and I think that's For why sure. he's having the success that the he's new having. Zoo thing. Exactly. Yeah. That. Yeah, you can just be a guy in Tuscaloosa or a guy in Gainesville or a guy in Athens or a yeah. guy in Baton Rouge or a guy in College Station, but you can be a legend. Yeah, you can be Coach Essentially Cat. what Joe Madden was selling to free agents in 2016 with the Cubs or 2015 with the Cubs. Yeah, new era. Exactly. And so I get that. So I listen, I want to make it clear. I don't want to be right, mm -hmm. but I'm going to be right. Mm. So you have to understand that. So yeah. if anybody wants the action, I just we just have to have an, an independent arbitrator uh, determine the wager. I will take all action on this. I guess I'll cap it at a certain point. I have to cap it at a certain <laughs> yeah, point. I don't think might. we're going to get to that. I don't think we're going to get to that point. I need to. I need to have some liquidity. Can't be SGO Kai. <laughs> <laughs> but I. But but up to a certain point, I really will take the action because, as far as I'm concerned, it's a sure thing. But I just know Missouri fans don't like to hear it, and it's not coming from a place of like I don't want it. No. I want him to have success. I want him to have success, and I think there's a great chance based on the recruits he's getting that he's going to have success. The problem is when you start getting the caliber of recruits that he is getting to come to Columbia, Missouri, everybody around the SEC goes, who's this guy? And then if he can get a signature win, and there is a chance that they get out of September undefeated, Yep. and now they're in the polls, plus they got the recruiting thing, and they're talking about him, oh, you yeah. know? And, you know, you're getting high-profile opportunities on SEC, you know, they're talking about you on Feinbaum, yeah. and he's the guy. And inevitably... Not everybody can have a great year in the SEC, in particular the SEC West. Tennessee can only hire so many football coaches, so <laughs> they keep trying to break the record. <laughs> so it's it's probably going to be the SEC West. I suppose it could be Clemson if Swinney went to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, you know if you want to go to a glamorous program that wouldn't be in the SEC. Yeah, Florida State. I don't think he's going Big Ten. Uh, no. I don't think he's going Pac-10. No, no, he wouldn't go. Right, he doesn't strike me as a right. As exactly. A so I'm trying guy. to I'm trying to stick in where I think the reasonable plays would be, and so that's what I'm saying. I yeah. think, but it's a cost. You, it's the it's a problem you want to have. It's just a problem that you fear. Yeah, Missouri fans were not freaking out about Frank Haith going anywhere, you yeah. know. But after they got to the Elite Eight with Mike Anderson, it was the suitcase Mike Anderson thing. They were freaking out about Quinn Snyder, you know. Yeah. Um. But Pinkle just always came off as a guy who's just not going anywhere. And that's 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 what his personality was. And he wasn't going anywhere. So there it is, uh, wrapping up on that. We just talked sports. We really did talk sports. We, talked, we, talk, we broke it all down, I know. too. I guess we can talk sports. That's yeah, a nice thing to have. Yeah, it's a nice thing to know that we have in our holster. All right, send in some porn next week. Uh, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com, T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N 
at InsideSTL.com. Thank you to all of our sponsors for making it possible. Ryan Kelly, TheHomeLoanExpert.com. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, EvergreenSTL.com. Seth Goldcamp, Design Air Heating and Cooling, DesignAirService.com. James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, Carlton Insurance. Dot net. Um, who have I left out? Jamie Burkhard uh, and uh, Jamie Burkhard and Clayton Patterson at Mungana, St. Louis Acura.com, AltonToyota.com, and Jim Rogers, Restoration One of Central St. Louis.com. Thank you to them all. Thank you, Action Jackson. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been July 6th, 2021 edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside of Steel Podcast Network. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music, and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.